This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast, and I'm your host, as always, Austin. Got another great episode for you guys this week. Have the opportunity to sit down with Dylan Ruth. You better know him as, or know him better as, I should say, uh, as student operator on Instagram. And uh, he's got a YouTube page. Dude's been out there doing tons of legit stuff. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to sit down and discuss uh, civilian training, uh, his approach is his thought process mindset on a lot of different things. He, uh, <clears throat> it's funny today's, uh, stay after Valentine's day, it's February 15th. And, uh, I actually tagged him in an Instagram story this morning and everything. And then, uh, he messaged me about 15 minutes later and <clears throat> his page had been, uh, zucked. Uh, he got deleted off of Instagram. So if you guys search him, uh, student underscore operator on Insta, uh, he is, uh, it's either been disabled or deleted. I know he's in, he's in the appeal process, uh, for, for whatever it, our, uh, our cyber overlords may have deemed it inappropriate that, that he did. So, uh, you guys can still check him out on YouTube and, and hopefully, uh, you know, his IG account will be back. If not, you know, there will definitely be uh, an, uh, student operator two account. Uh, I have already talked to him about that and it's definitely going to be in the works if he loses the appeal process, but super excited to have the opportunity to sit down with this dude. Uh, should be a really, really good discussion. I'm super pumped for it before I jump into my conversation with Dylan though, as always, we have to say thank you to our sponsors that make this episode and everything else we do here possible. First, slimfitholsters.com guys. If you carry a gun every day, you know that it can be extremely uncomfortable if you don't have a quality holster. And if you don't carry a gun every day and you're looking to get into it, you need a quality holster. Retention is super critical. Head over to slimfitholsters.com. They hooked us up with our discount code prepared10. It's going to save you 10% off and get you free shipping on whatever you order from the site. So whether you're just getting used to carrying, maybe you're just throwing a shirt over your holster, right outside the waistband, check out their Victorious. Maybe you're looking for something inside the waistband like their Guard. Or you're like myself, you fancy the appendix carry, right? Their Guard Ultra, their Gladius, both awesome, awesome appendix carry options. Again, that's slimfitholsters.com. Our code's prepared 10. It's going to save you 10% off your order and hook you up with free shipping. Let James and his team take care of you. Also, MyMedic.com. MyMedic has been with us for over... That's over a year now. They've been with us. Uh, they're our second sponsor ever, and we're still just as thrilled as day one to be working with them. Great company that offers all sorts of awesome, awesome solutions for whatever your medical prep needs may be. They gave us code MINDSET20 so that you all can save 20% off of your order when you head to mymedic.com. Whether it's a tourniquet to throw on your battle belts, a pet medic kit to keep in your backpack when you're out hiking or adventuring with our furry four-legged friends, uh, they have floatable med packs for when you're out ice fishing this winter, or maybe you're just prepping for the spring and summer when you're going to be out on the lakes here in Michigan. We love our lakes. We love our boating. Again, mymedic.com mindset 20 is going to save you 20% off whatever you order. And they just rolled out their points and rewards program. So every purchase is going to help you build points. It's going to help you save money and earn more. Additionally, you can head over to our Facebook page, the prepared mindset on Facebook or sorry, the Prepared Mindset Podcast on Facebook. In our offer section, you can find our affiliate link. You can still use our discount code MINDSET20, save you 20% off the order. Uh, you can still get all the great supplies that you need. But if you use our affiliate link, you're going to help support what we do here too. And we'd really appreciate the help. You guys head over to our Facebook page in the offer section and check out mymedic.com. Again, our code MINDSET20 for 20% off. 
Lastly, our newest partner here is dryfiremag.com. Guys, again, our offer section on the Facebook page, you can find our affiliate link to dryfiremag. We don't have a discount code for you, but we believe in everything that dryfiremag is doing. It's an incredibly, it's an awesome, 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 incredibly beneficial dry fire and training tool. I picked mine up right after lockdown set in before, you know, when the pandemic hit, we didn't know what ammo was going to be like. Obviously we know now that it's scarce and it's stupid expensive still. And I could not be happier spending the money to pick up a dry fire mag for my Glock 19. They cover your, your super popular models. They're getting ready to launch some, some, uh, some new things for this year with the electronic, uh, or smart dry fire mag, I should say with the laser cartridge, it'll turn your gun into a cert pistol for even better training at home. Again, it's dry fire mag. You guys head over to our offer section on our Facebook page. You can use our affiliate link, get yourself a dry fire mag today and help support what we do here at the prepared mindset podcast. Without any further ado, guys, we're going to get over to the recording. This is me and Dylan Ruth. You might know him better as student operator. Hey, Dylan. Thanks for coming on, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm happy to uh, happy to be here. First podcast. This is your first one? This is the first one I've ever done. I mean, I figured it was going to happen eventually, but yeah. I was not expecting it to be this soon or connected to the... Uh, the student operator account to be honest with you dude the the all the jokes about first time and cherry popping are now flooding back from like my high school days but <laughs> I'll, I'll save us both the embarrassment um so uh i i mean let's let, okay so let's start here go ahead and, and introduce yourself to the audience um i'm sure uh some of them know you from instagram and, and such but uh just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started yeah so my name is dylan ruth i run the instagram account student operator and there's a attached YouTube channel as well, but pretty much I'm just a uh, just a college kid who enjoys uh, shooting and the whole uh, preparedness mindset. And uh, Instagram kind of brought me a little bit of undeserved internet celeb- celebrity niche micro fame. Yeah, influencer and, life. Uh, yeah, that that uh, 10,000 followers influencer life. So, uh, and now I'm on podcast, so it's a pretty big step up in the world. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm happy to have you on and I think, uh, you're, you're really underselling it when you say that you're just a, you know, a civilian, uh, the end of the shooting life and everything. Cause I looking at your, your Instagram and your, your social media presence, not just the fact that you have a presence, but what is actually what's there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, things like training. Because we, I, I mean, that in itself is a huge thing that I talk about in this pod, right? Is you bought the gun, great, and a lot of people did in the last two years, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But what you do afterwards is is probably even more important. And a lot of guys, um, you, know, you see it on Instagram, they're really good about taking the pictures and they're really good about doing, you know, uh, all the the cool stuff. But um, actually getting out there and taking opportunities to train not not always the case right and i know i think the last thing i saw from you was like uh i think you were taking a cqb class or you know learning how to negotiate doorways and things like that which is a step in above what most folks ever learn to do you know it's usually just flat range stuff where you're just learning ready up drills and whatnot you know yeah yeah absolutely and i think um i think that that's obviously not where anybody wants to start but um you know i think is responsibly armed citizens that's part of the progression right is it really is 
you know, yeah, finding finding those those areas where you can improve, start on the flat range um, or, or stationary, right, for people that don't understand what the term flat range is, right? Start with your basic ready-up drills, learn how to shoot accurately, and then, and then evolve past that point. But like I was saying, you know, a lot of people don't get to that point. I, I myself have only taken, I've taken two actual classes. I've spent a shitload of time uh, practicing on my own and a shitload of time dry practicing. Um, but by all accounts, it seems like you do a lot more training than than the average person. I mean, by far. It, it, would so, that be accurate or does it just I look mean, like I, that? I spend, as, I spend as much time on the range as I can, but uh, I might I might shatter everything that you just said and tell you that I've never actually taken a formal shooting class. Mm, what? <laughs> but, yeah. Really? All right. Yeah. yeah I, no, I mean, that's that's kind of awesome. I've ever all the classes I've ever taken have been uh, tactics focused. And so it kind of started, if we back up to my childhood here, like a lot of other kids, um, I grew up shooting with my dad. And uh, I mean, I started shooting rifles when I was three years old and handguns when I was five. So fast forward through all of that, uh, the 16 years from shooting pistols till right when I was turning 21. And I was like, okay, I am concealed carrying, like this is happening. It's time to start like looking for a for a firearm. I mean, I grew up shooting Glocks, so that was. But I kind of wanted to branch out and explore some other things besides what my dad was into. That's and a mistake. Finally, I, just to keep the Glock, you're fine. Yeah, finally, I circled <laughs> back around to um, just watching YouTube videos about Glocks. And man, when I punched in Glock 19 in the YouTube search bar, man, it was like my whole world opened up. I mean, I was if you're familiar with that Dunning Kruger effect, where you have the uh, the peak of Mount Stupid, the valley of despair, and the slow yeah. climb to proficiency. I mean, dude, I was at the peak of Mount Stupid. I'm like, dude, I can stand at the seven-yard line, and I can drill these bullseyes all day. And then, you know, I, that's the point where I discovered uh, the, the first big three were uh, Grand Thumb, the Warrior Poet Society, and uh, T-Rex Arms. Yep, yep, and, absolutely. You know, here I was thinking I was hot shit and I'm watching these guys shoot, talk about training. And I end up watching videos of self-defense encounters and I go, I'm going to fucking die. Like, yeah. It was, a, it was a really big, um, harsh realization. And that's, but, I think that's, you know, that's where a lot of people, I don't think connect the dots, you know, like you saw those videos and you have like that aha revelation, uh, parting of the clouds type moment, you know, where like, you have moments of clarity and, and figure out that, Hey, I know now I know what the next step is. And now I realize how, how well off I'm not, you yes. know, um, well, that's not saying yeah. everybody needs to go out and take, you know, ultra combatives courses and everything, but it, I think that more people need to realize where their proficiencies halt. Um, and that, you know, seven yards drilling bullseyes is only, you're only going to get so far off of that. Yeah, just because you own a a bolt a bolt gun and thirty out six at you that you're a master deer slayer with, that doesn't make you Carlos Hathcock, man. That's, no, I, I don't no. know about you, but I've run into so many people that are just, yeah, if it ever kicks off, I'm just gonna grab the hunting rifle and disappear up in the mountains. It's like, do you know how to start a fire? Yeah, that's. Do you know how to effectively t- camouflage yourself and conceal your position? It's totally unrealistic when people act that way. Um, I think a lot of folks have that 
and, and we did an episode on this a couple months back, like they, cause it's, you know, the bugging out thing, especially by the outdoorsmen, you know, the one, the, what you're just talking about, right. Hunters guys that, that think they all need is a bolt gun or a lever action. Um, it's romanticized cause they fancy themselves to be, you know, outdoorsmen who can, you know, all they hunt and they fish and they, they, they can do all these things they, they think. Um, yes. But when you put it on paper, you're really better off just staying where you're at because that's you know where your supplies and food and water and you know the area the best and stuff like just driving up in the hills really isn't always the best decision especially if you have kids so yeah. and in in that vein then you're going to need to know how to defend your home you're going to need to know how to defend yourself and stuff so things like i don't i hate using the word tactical when i describe anything but you know tactical shooting suddenly becomes uh a skill that is worth its you know weight in gold which makes no sense but it, it's just yeah. it's immensely valuable when you start talking about urban situations or you know buildings and things like that because most of us live in urban areas right yes and i mean also like you said about bugging out versus bugging in it's all contextual i hate dealing in absolutes uh it's something yeah. that I, I try my hardest to refrain from because i mean there very well may be a situation where i'm like listen i gotta grab the go bag and get the hell out of Dodge. I got to take the family with me. But then there are obviously other times where it's best to bug in and, and stay where you're at. And also in the same vein of what you just said, I mean, um, okay, look at anybody with a truck gun. And I'm going to include myself in this as one of my own, like making fun of myself here. But I mean, I travel all over the state for work. I could be up to 200 miles away from home on any given day. Um, and I try to keep the necessary things to get myself home in a worst case situation. And, but I kind of chuckle as I do it because I'm like, I'm one dude with like seven mags and two <laughs> MREs. And if it really kicks off, I'm dead. I'm yeah. Getting home. It's, it's not going to get you that far. And I think, yeah. you know, I mean, well, that's actually more than most people carry with them. I can tell you. Well, I don't really, I don't travel for work. Honestly, I've been into the building once since March 13th of, what was it, 2020? Like, basically, when, like, lockdowns yeah. hit for COVID and stuff, they just sent us home to work, and they realized we didn't really lose any productivity. So then the company, like, sublet out our the building to write out the rest of the lease. And they're like, well, uh, we're going we're gonna to get a new building, and you'll, you'll come back in then, which I, I still don't know. The, the current rumor is, like, you know, this summer. Um, yeah, but I, so I, mean, I work for a uh, I work for an engineering firm here in Pennsylvania, and what we cater to is the um, we cater to commercial construction, and we do uh, third party consulting and third party inspections. So even before the pandemic was, I was never in the office, but I was traveling all over the state to visit whatever client hired us. So I'm always in new areas, places I've never been before. Yeah, um, that's that's a pretty big variable. Yeah, wandering through areas where I really don't know where I'm at, and especially during um, the events of of last year, I got Oof. I got caught up in enough uh, peaceful protests that uh, really? I had a few too many close calls. And yeah, yeah, it was um, that that was an interesting time. I mean, there was never anything that was um, you know, my life was in uh, there. There was one time where. I was pretty uh, pretty sure I was pretty close to having to uh, do something. Make drastic. some decisions. Yeah, make some decisions. But, uh, you know, drop a gear and punch it, and we managed to get out of the, get out of the situation. 
and that's not just uh that's not just a metaphor i i've never owned an automatic <laughs> i mean i've I, I honestly and i i'm like 20 or 25 minutes outside of detroit and i haven't had to deal with any of that it's kind of when I think of Pennsylvania, I kind of feel I, I think of like, you know, like clean cut East Coast and like no problems <laughs> and everybody's like happy and stuff. It's 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 crazy to hear that you guys, you know, you guys had those issues. And, and here, you know, in Michigan, I remember I watched a live feed of the quote unquote peaceful protest in downtown Detroit that um, the Detroit Free Press, one of the newspaper reporters was downtown doing. And of course, it's like after dark, right? And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you got police in riot gear marching down Woodward, trying to push uh, the protesters or the crowd or whatever to a, a reasonable point away from you know city hall and stuff, and bricks and bottles being thrown and all kinds. Of, I, I I sat there and I watched that live feed for like three and a half hours. It was almost four a.m. when I when I turned it off finally. Yeah, yeah. That was that one night was the extent of what we had here we didn't really get too much and I, I don't know why but um to hear that you ran into multiple you know occasions i think i mean it's just surprising for one but i mean it, it can happen you know it's not just in atlanta it's not just in chicago it's not just in la right the the major cities it can happen anywhere and i think when you frame those situations in that kind of context it kind of highlights how important it is to understand I mean, your personal level of preparedness and and what lengths you're willing to go to and how you're going to handle those those situations. Yeah. And actually, funny enough, the the worst one that I got caught up in, um, I wasn't at work. I was coming back from a uh, my buddy and I had driven down to North Carolina to meet up with some some buddies of artists that live down there. And we had shot a uh, we shot a two gun match at Central Carolina Gun Club, which I got DQ'd from because (laughs) apparently my slung rifle broke the 180 when it pointed past my heel when hanging from the sling but oh, that's neither here nor there and then we shot a uspsa match at a tony cowden's um house range the next day and uh i mean down there is when the george floyd incident happened i mean when he was murdered oh. I mean, he was rightfully murdered and we're eight plus hours from home. I think when we're down towards Bragg, we're about 10 hours from home. And uh, yeah, we were down there when it happened. And uh, we, we hadn't even heard, started hearing anything about uh, protests or anything yet. And this was right around the time when like life was really starting to open up back to normal. And mm-hmm. we're like, dude, we haven't been in a bar in forever. So you know what we're doing? On the we're way stopping home, to get a we're stopping, drink. We're stopping in Virginia Beach, and we're getting a fucking mojito on the beach. And this is what's happening. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that sucks. There, it just so happened to be the point where um that was when the the broke out, and I mean, justfully so. That one was a riot, not a peaceful protest. That was a destructive. Yeah violent riot and by the time that i mean we barely made it out in time if, if the waitress had taken another two minutes to bring our uh to bring our check it may have been a very different situation but uh i mean by the time that we got the the car out of the parking garage the the mob that had been working its way up the street was maybe 15 yards from his tops throwing rocks and stuff at my buddy's car it was uh yeah, that that was a pretty close call. 
That's yeah. I would say that if you're actually in in that situation, you're having things thrown at you, not just you know you can see it happen to somebody else, but it's actually you're actually involved in it. That's yeah. I mean, obviously the immediate response should be what you guys did, right? Just get the hell out of there and just avoid the situation altogether. And I yeah, think. No. You Don't know. get me wrong, I did take the time to grab a rifle out of the back seat, and the look that was exchanged between me and a uniformed police officer on the street, and, you know, the curt nod of understanding. Oh, so, oh, wow. That. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we, yeah, we I'm sure. obviously did not think that we were going to make it out of the parking garage before they made it to us. So, I mean, we were windows up, locked, but we we saw what was going on, and we're like, this is going to get violent very quick. And it already had been. So, so the police we were, officer, the police didn't even, I mean, he didn't even stop you to ask questions or anything. I think he just like, you guys understood each other for like a split yeah, second yeah, was, and just, it is what it is. And he had bigger problems to deal with. It was kind of interesting. I mean, you see, you see two like young twenties kids rolled out of a parking garage and one of them has a rifle. And as they just tear away from the tear away from the mob, it, hey, was, uh, I mean, it was a pretty interesting experience. <laughs> I say it's not illegal in itself to to have that. And I, I think that any under, you know, like any decent uh, law enforcement individual is probably going to look at that and go, OK, and I'm not it's I'm not going to worry about it. So I have a reason to worry about it. And, you know, obviously there wasn't. Yeah. Right. But hey, th- this kid, he hasn't fired anything yet. And I can hear shots coming from the mob. So, yeah. Maybe we'll pay yeah. more attention to them. But well, yeah, that's... With, with driving around for, for work all the time, um, I mean, I can be anywhere up to like three hours away from home. You never know what you're going to stumble into. Even if I'm just coming home from the office in Harrisburg, um, with the way that I have to go to get home, there is where there are two bridges leaving the city to get yeah, me and across the other side of the Susquehanna. If anything happens to them, you're SOL. Yeah, if those bridges are blocked off and I'm trapped, what am I going to do? Swim across the Susquehanna River? I mean, it's um, possible, but I would really, really prefer like to not avoid to. doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I so think that's uh, it. It just highlights, you know, why people, why you should carry, you know, why you should carry when you leave the house, whether that's a truck gun, or like what you're talking about here, or. I mean, so many people have their CPLs and I mean, you know, you, and I'm guilty, right? You know, you run to, I run to the end of my subdivision and there's a Walgreens and I pick up some milk and some candy or whatever, um, or run and pick up puppy food or something. And I just, I, I don't even think about grabbing the gun sometimes. It's just like, you know, I'm running out. I'll be right back. Um, but it highlights the importance of just having a fun and that's not even because <clears throat> you necessarily want to utilize it. Right. I feel like that's the, um, like the negative connotation, right? That guys like you and I get that people like us that, that live a more prepared lifestyle, right? The connotation yeah. we get because, Oh, well you're carrying a gun. So you must want to use it. You must have that, that's that secret urge or some somewhere in your body that you just, you, you have that gun. So you must want to use it. And I've that, had this discussion from the truth. I exactly. Can't anything I would want to do less than take another human's life. But if yeah. you if you back me up to that wall and it's me or somebody that I love that's life is in danger, you better watch the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, you, it's it's not people look at it and I think it's it's a matter of opinion and obviously and it's a matter of uh, point of view, you know, because everyone looks at at the at these 
tools. Um, mm-hmm. thinks it's it's a weapon, which it is. But it, they, you know, I put it in terms of uh, it's not a sword, right? You're not going out willfully planning to uh, do harm to others. It's it's a shield. It's uh, it's a tool that allows you to to stop somebody else from imposing their will or evil intent upon you, right? Yes. Um, and in those situations, even if you don't use it, right, you have the option. You know, give yourself as yeah. many options as you can. So you know, whether it's uh, going out to dinner someplace where you know you have multiple exits and multiple roads that lead out of that area back to home, or it's hey, you're already in that situation. Um, you have your fists and you have your your gun or a yes. knife. I mean, any of those and things. Give yourself as many options as you can. Verbal judo is a huge tool that a lot of people overlook. Um, I mean, I've I've been in enough situations where things could have turned violent very quickly. Would the would the gun have come out? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know because I didn't let it get there. It's it's much easier to just buy that dude a drink at the bar, yep. or you know. Just, hey, man, sorry, didn't mean anything by it, rather than be confrontational. I'm a very non-confrontational person. And I was just, I, hate, I was going to ask, do you conflict. think, do you think that that's something that's underutilized today in society? Because I feel like just, just having the, um, I guess maturity, right? Maturity for lack of a better term, um, to look at a situation like that and go, you know, I'm just not going to deal with this or I'm going to try not to deal with this and I'm going to suck it up. I'll, I'll accept the blame. I'll, I'll apologize. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to diffuse this before it goes kinetic. Um, cause I feel like you see so many videos online now of these, these violent interactions, these incidents, right? Where it's, you know, Hey, you disrespected me. And instead of saying, Hey man, I'm sorry. You know what? You're right. Respect. I'm just going to here, have a drink. It's, it's on me. I'll see you later. But instead, yep. it's, you know, F you, you disrespected me, no F you, and now let's... And there's a lot of people out there who also forget, like, you know, you mess with the wrong dude, even if justified or not, that dude might just smoke you. Yeah, you don't know I what mean, people know. Exactly. I mean, I, I always think about a... Uh, when I was 21, I had been carrying for a couple months, I went on vacation with my family. And... um we were in this restaurant, this very obnoxious party, uh, drunken New York City assholes. And I'm not <laughs> hesitating to call them New York City at all because you know when you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. The accent. You can just tell. Yeah. But when uh, when they finally got up to leave, and I mean, they'd been cut off from drinks for like an hour. And they were super loud and disrespectful to everybody else in their establishment. A table near us started clapping. <laughs> Out. And my dad and brother started and uh, um, one of the, I think the youngest one in their party came back and I'm talking like mid to late 20s being the youngest. He came back and uh, got into a fist fight with a guy at the table next to us, made his oh, way Jesus. over to our table, and, um, wrapped his hand around a steak knife that was laying on the table. And that was kind of my moment where I was like, oh, shit. You know, he just went for a knife. Like if that if that knife hand comes up off the table, this could be a very, very bad situation. And I'm thinking little does he know that me and my dad are both sitting there. Ready to go. As soon as that knife hand. Fingers around that knife, two hands established master grips on two firearms under the table. And my, my younger brother. 
I guess he was jealous I had been able to start concealed carrying. He's, I didn't even know this at the time, under the table and under his shorts the entire trip, he has his hands on a 12-inch fucking Sog Bowie knife. Oh, my God. I'm like, this kid is ready to massacre. Just ready to go. Yeah, and this this dude just wants to come over here and start being violent, and he doesn't know how close he is to, you know, that one step over the line. Like, your life is either just really changed or potentially ended. And I always think about that. Not that I wanted to have to do anything there. I mean, I was praying he would he would drop that knife and walk away. But it always stuck out significantly to me that uh. You know, people don't realize how close they can be in certain situations to things taking a very drastic shift in a direction that nobody wants it to go. Yeah, and and I think that's, I mean, for one, it's obviously it's the, the beauty of hindsight, and I'm sure stuff like that, it just, it, it sticks with you. It's, it's always going to be one of those things you just replay, you know, over and over. Yep. But I think it's a, um, <clears throat> I think it's a perfect example why, you know, whatever you're feeling at that moment, um, you know, try and let calmer heads prevail. And it's not, it's not, I mean, are, are they, are you ever going to see those people again? Are you ever going to see those people again? And that's not, are you guys going to ever see them? It's that, that obnoxious party, you know, you're from another state or whatever. Are you ever going to see any of these assholes again? And even if you did, would you know it? Does it really nope. matter? I mean, were you being obnoxious? Yeah. I mean, just own it. Like, Hey, you know what? They're here to have a good time too. We had a really good, we had, we had too good a time. And obviously we upset some people. We're going to leave anyways. Just, I mean, A, don't let yourself get that stinking fucking drunk. And yeah, it's not a problem for anybody. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you don't know what these situations are going to look like or when they're going to present themselves. And I think that if you approach your level of personal preparedness, your level of, of, of personal training specifically, right, from that mindset of you don't know, it could happen. Um you know, and for years, and I, and I know Lucas from T-Rex Arms talks about this a lot um, in the last seven years because his company has seen some explosive growth, right? Yes. Um, people didn't train in kit, right? Plate carriers were a thing that people just didn't wear to the range. Uh, battle belts yeah. were just something that you didn't wear to the range. The only time you had a belt and a drop leg was, you know, if you were running, you know, IPSC or, or, or USPSA or, you know, whatever. You were running matches and you were, comp- you know, a competitive shooter. Um, and we've kind of seen this progression, largely in part, I think, due to to guides like him and Grand Thumb, and you know, and then uh, uh, Warrior Poet Society comes along, and now you got guys that's starting to push out more content uh, that that feeds to that, right? You know, Fieldcraft Survival, GBRS, uh, Vigilance Elite, right? Yep. But and it's and in a lot of it, it's it's geared towards civilian training, you know. Um, yes. I, I think that that's important for a lot of reasons, you know, see that the guys that did, did this for a living are now passing. Well, most of them, I, you know, Lucas isn't obviously um, a veteran or Ellie or anything like that. And, but there's a reason that this ideology, these, this mindset and attitude is growing and now it's starting to become more and more accepted. And I think that these events in the last two years have really put it in perspective you know for people that were saying before you don't need that you don't need a play carrier you're 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 larping you're playing dress up I mean, whatever um training's important you learn those skills so that when you come into those situations you have 
you have that knowledge to draw from and you can respond accordingly and appropriately, whether it's like you're saying in a restaurant at a table uh, or, you know, uh, in the middle of a city or uh, hopefully not, but your, you know, your own residence, your own home, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Now um, I do want to circle back to something that you said about uh, falling guilty to, uh, you know, leaving the house to run a quick errand without a handgun. Mm Mm-hmm absolutely can't relate i legitimately don't remember the last time i left the house without a handgun i'm gonna turn you on to a real real cool quick tip here bolster enigma system you even my wife's been talking about getting one i i got one because i had to go to a wedding and my uh my current holster that i carry with which is a uh Folster spotlight since discontinued my favorite holster any ever so if anybody has one laying around for an X300 that they're trying to sell, hit me up. <laughs> but I picked up the uh, the spot or the uh, the Enigma, and now every time I I'm just chilling around the house in sweatpants and I want to get run a quick errand, it's so easy to just toss a Glock 19 in that thing, strap it on, and just wear your sweatpants to the range or to the uh, the store or wherever you're going to. It's uh you know it's definitely something to look into if you're uh finding yourself falling, falling guilty to the, uh, leaving the house unprepared thing. No, I mean, I, I, and, and I, I have, I've seen quite a few guys endorse that. Um, I think my thing is just because I work from home every day and I honestly, I'll go three, four days sometimes where I don't leave the house. So I, that I never put the gun on, like it's always pretty close, but I don't put it on yep. and then I never leave the house. And then, you know, when I do and I'm like, Oh, we have to go to the store. Yeah, I'll go. I'll take the opportunity to get out of the house. And then I just, I forget about it because the dog jumped on me or something. But I mean, to, to your point, there are, there are so many more options in the last couple of years for, mm-hmm. as a solution to issues like that. Um, and even more specifically, right, for, for women that are carrying, because um, my wife carries and, you know, um, women's carry options are kind of limited just around yes. their wardrobe and stuff. So I know the filster is very popular. Um, those, uh, what do you call it? The, the metal Alta clips on holsters are starting to yep. get really popular. Um, I don't know if you've, I, cause it's not a woman only thing, but, um, right. like the, the belly bands or anything like that. I personally don't like those just because there's nothing hard that protects the trigger. Um, yeah, that's where, that's where the full enigma comes in. Also, I'm going to, uh, going to plug and count here. Um, or any women who may potentially be listening, looking for concealed yeah. carry tips or options. Uh, concealed. Oh, what is the name of her page? She's done some work with Fieldcraft Survival now. She's really blown up. Concealed Nation. No, that's not right. Um, I don't want to hop off the chat here and uh, um, find her or find her oh, on we Instagram, can... but it's it's concealed something. Um, this is really going to bother me. I will think about it right. Think of it right. It'll hit you. Off. It'll hit you in about three minutes. I'm sure. Yeah, we talk about something related, but she, I think she it's posts some fantastic information for women carrying. Well, and it's awesome that we're starting to see uh, that take off and not freedom concealed. Freedom concealed. Freedom there concealed. you go. See, it's not even three minutes. Um, yeah. And it's it's not in the I don't want to say traditional fashion, but. I mean, typically it was like the whole gun bunny movement, you know, where it's just like hot, scantily clad women, whatever, with holding a gun completely inappropriately with the magazine and backwards or something. Um, you're actually starting to see tactical shooting team there, right? 
well, I don't want to say it, but yeah. Um, but you're starting to see your everyday, your average housewife, mom, you know, uh, be more concerned with their safety and, and personal accountability. And, um, you know, I mean, and the good part is you're starting to spread a lot of awareness to females and then there's more development for things like the Enigma, um, as, as I don't want to say even secondary carry solutions, but alternative carry solutions so that, you know, women don't have to sacrifice how they dress and everything because I think subconsciously some of that stuff does draw more attention to them. Um, if, if women are dressed a certain way and things like that, and that's, and that's the biggest part of concealed carry, right? People should look at you and have no idea that you're carrying a gun. If you're doing your job. uh, It seems like all of the t-shirts that I own are somehow gun related, but (laughs) they're in such a way that it's like, I'm walking through the store and somebody says, Scalar Works, what's that? Oh, they're a, they're a machine shop over in Easton, PA. We, we yeah. do some work with them on occasion. For those yeah, who there's... don't know, it's, it's easy enough when companies have very... Um, there's obscure names and stuff. Yeah, and they don't put like a, a picture of a gun on the shirt. Like I could be walking through a... Uh, I could be walking through a store wearing a Geisley Automatics T-shirt that says "We Inspire Confidence," and what's that? Oh, it's a machine shop. You know, Yankee yeah. Home Machine. Oh, that one's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like that whole and it it got glamorized for a while. I feel like it's kind of kind of on a downturn right now. But the the gray man concept or gray man theory behind you know uh, being undetectable, and I think yeah, and it, in in theory, right? It's um. I feel like it's like communism or like socialism, right? Where in theory and on paper and you hear about it and you're like, that sounds amazing. And then when it actually, when you see it actually play out, you're like, that's not what you told me was going to happen, you know, because mm-hmm. people go straight to, and, and I say this owning and loving a vertex bag, but like every vertex, everything. And I'm going to buy the five eleven cargo pants and I'm going to yep. wear, you know, black polo shirts with uh, Solomon's or Merrill's or whatever. And I'm going to get a you know high and tight haircut and I'm going to wear Oakley's all the time. And I also own Oakley's. I love my Oakley's. They're great. But, <laughs> you know, it's like you you're you scream tactical culture and and pro to a movement if that's how you yes. leave the house every day. Like you're not fooling fucking anyone. You look like an off duty cop. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was really funny. Uh, just this past weekend, some buddies and I from all over the state of PA, we got together and went to the uh, the Great American Outdoor Show, which for those not familiar, that is the great value brand East Coast version of SHOT Show. Um, <laughs> it's where you usually go to um, play with all this, the stuff that came out of SHOT Show before it hit store shelves. This year was kind of a bust, but, you know, I digress. But we all get together and it's like, it's just, Four mid-twenties guys in skinny jeans and vans. Like, it's... Every yeah. one of us has a Glock 19 with an RMR and a Surefire X300. But you would never you don't, you know, know looking it. at us. Yeah. Yeah. I th- and that's, I mean, that's that's the quintessential gray man, is be yourself, but everything else is stored up in your up in your head. Dress, dress the way a normal person would dress is the best camouflage. Yeah, and that, that's really it's gray because the, the idea, right? You know, gray man is the one that blends in between black and white, and you know doesn't yep. stick out and all that stuff. But yeah, so I mean, dress, you know, skinny jeans, and I get, and some of it, it's it's the the two way culture, you know, we're starting to see like guys like like Lucas Botkin and the American Eagle button downs and the skinny jeans and stuff. But then you also <laughs> see 
um, the Vans thing taking off. I don't know where that one started, if that's like a GBRS thing, because those dudes are all into skating and stuff. Or, um, I, I mean, honestly, I don't. I, I wear uh, I wear American Eagle jeans. I did before I started carrying a gun, uh, yep. you know, eight whatever years ago. Um, that whole flex waist thing is just super comfortable for carrying concealed oh, and so otherwise. Nice. Uh, so nice. Actually, I had that, that argument with my brother the other day because he doesn't carry appendix. You know, and we're, we're both bigger guys. Um, I I can make it work just fine. He's just like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. It's not comfortable. I'm like, did you get the flex jeans? It's like, oh, fuck you, man. I'm like, listen, I'm not calling you fat. I'm just telling you, it, they're really fucking comfortable. It like, makes a difference. It's, it makes a world of difference. <laughs> like, start investing now and just, you don't have to buy, like, eight new pairs of jeans tomorrow. Just go buy, like, two pairs of jeans tomorrow. And then just watch the sales rack and slowly, you know, you merge out uh, all of the old jeans. And then, you know, in a year's time or something, you'll have a full wardrobe of, you know, flex jeans. Or, or go get the ones from, you know, Costco if you don't want to spend a bunch of money. Just Yeah, yeah. There's smart ways my, to carry concealed. My favorite jeans now that have the flex in them, especially for concealed carry, which I say especially for concealed carry, but if I'm wearing pants, I'm concealed carrying. Uh, Target, dude, you can get them on sale for like 22, 23 bucks. Is it the Wranglers? No, just uh, Target brand, like the Goodfellow and whatever. Oh, yeah. And they hold up too. I mean, I wear them for, uh, I wear them for work, which is me crawling around to construction sites, and they hold up. <laughs> hey, and, and well, and if they don't, I mean, 22 25 bucks like you that's not a hard pill to swallow you know um but yeah i mean that's that i think is one of the the most important things that is that is that has moved into two a culture and is look by all accounts you know is here to stay is jeans you know button down whatever or or flannel you know because it's fucking freezing like here in, in michigan it's according to my computer it's 21 degrees you know balmy 20 degree weather um yep you can wear a flannel with an undershirt and some jeans and then you throw a jacket on and I mean, nobody's the wiser, right? Yeah. Um, if you're out on the West coast or someplace in the South where you're fortunate enough to be warm as hell right now, I mean, you can carry with the belt on and just, you know, board shorts, uh, if board shorts, the way you're going an enigma or an Alta clip, there's, there's just so many better options now, but, but you should be carrying a, you should be carrying, you know, um, exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, I always equate it back to like, hey, you're an adult, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I think you dressed yourself this morning, picked out your outfit, you wiped yeah. your own ass after the morning shit, and you <laughs> expect somebody else to protect you. Like, yeah, be I mean, an adult, I, take responsibility for your own protection. I get it. It, it. You know, some people just don't, they don't feel comfortable doing it. And I, and I can respect that. Um, and some people also just aren't wired that way to think that way. Yeah. I mean, I can if you make the, the the decision after looking at it that you don't want to carry a gun for whatever reason. Everyone has their own reasons for everything, right? But mm-hmm. I can at least respect that. You know, um, <clears throat> getting back to the whole training thing. You know, if you're not comfortable carrying a gun, you know, like the people. And I'll admit, I did this for the first like 90 days. I carried carried with a empty chamber. You know, you're you, there's there's apprehensiveness, right? There's like that fear of the unknown just because you have a healthy respect for what a bullet does, what a gun is able to do. Right. And you have just concerns and you, you kind of got to like warm up into it. But I would, I mean, I would almost rather people that, that I would rather you, you're, you're not going to carry a gun. Um, carry one to be a liability either because of a lack of confidence, a lack of competence, 
um, because at that point you you're truly capable of doing more harm than good. Um, at the same token, right? I think everybody should have a gun. I think you should carry. I think you should seek out the appropriate training. But if you're not willing to make that commitment to seek out that training or that that higher level of knowledge, because it doesn't have to be training classes, right? I think that right. you're a really good example of that. Is it doesn't have to be a formalized training class to be competent and and learn about safe firearms handling and um, you know pra- you know dry practice things like that. Um, Absolutely. You know, and now today, with the age of technology and with some of the benefits that COVID has brought about, I mean, there are tons of online options to. Oh my God! Yeah, take training classes from home. And I mean, we're gonna throw throw it back to like mid two thousands with with Travis Haley and uh, who's that? Chris Costa doing Chris the Costa. DVDs. Yeah, you can find those Magful DVDs online or find a pirated copy on YouTube or whatever, and. Right there is like three training classes. Yeah, or now you, you can, can watch from. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you you can you can sign up for Warrior Poet Society Network, and you have access yep. to all of John Lovell's uh, multiple levels of training for handgun and carbine. Um, yeah, Tony Calden has an online training library as well. I think um, Greyhive, Drew Estell at Bear Solutions, and a couple other guys. I think uh, the Greyhive thing took off. Um, or even just YouTube, you know, if you're not down for yeah. paying for subscription services, which I mean, hey man, I get it, right? You don't want to pay for it. Um, there's tons of great stuff on YouTube. T-Rex Arms, yes. Grand Thumb, uh, Millspec Mojo, uh, Fieldcraft Survival. You know, some of the the best yeah. stuff I picked up was from Field Mike Glover and Fieldcraft Survival doing instructional videos around how to set up a rifle and why, and then also like mm-hmm. his single man CQB or two man CQB video with. Uh, you know, with Kevin, uh, talking about how to negotiate doorways, um, talking about angles and things like that. And then from there, you can you can either take a course. Um, I just read a couple different books. One of them was a CQB book um, that had a lot of good information in it. And I just read actually Drew Estelle's book, uh, Process and Progress, on building shooting fundamentals. But um, you know, and and those two books, you're under fifty bucks, right? And you read it yeah. your own time and YouTube and stuff. I mean, the access to information that's driven by the techno technology and the cultural, I'd almost say cultural renaissance, right? That's happening in tactical shooting mm-hmm. in the last five years. Like, dude, you can learn a shitload, and I think you should, right? And then yes, and then go seek out a class once every six months and like. Okay, here, you know, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me where I can be better. Show me something I don't know, you know, but you're not starting from square one because you haven't, you know, held yourself accountable or held yourself to those standards to demand it of yourself. Now you're starting from square, you know, 27, trying to get over the hump into the 30s or something um, because you've spent the time building proficiency and working on dry drills and, you know, learning why the equilateral stance is better than isosceles or whatever. Yep. And there there are two concepts that I want to throw out here for the people who may not be familiar with them. Um, first one comes from Travis Haley, is uh, something that he said in his uh, BCM Gunfighter interview video thing. Um, you can find that on YouTube and watch the full version. But um, every morning, I want to wake up feeling empty and go to bed feeling full. That's that's a goal that every day you're doing something to better yourself, whether it be preparedness, whether it be physical fitness, knowledge, even intellectual knowledge. 
And then the other one that kind of goes hand in hand with that is, are you, are you familiar with the, uh, the evil twin little uh, scenario? Yes. And that's also, I think from one of the BCM gun or yeah, BCM gunfighter videos when the guys from, uh, Northern red talked about it. Oh, like, yeah, I'm, to- that's uh Tom Spooner, I believe. It was one of those guys. It might've been Tom Spooner, but yeah, talking about it, I'm training to fight me who has all the same capabilities I have and wants to kill me as bad as I want to kill him. And, you know, and it's like that, it's almost like one of those like uh, snake eats the tail type things where it's just, you keep building on yep. that that desire. And it's funny because I actually have an identical twin brother and uh, I, I would say he's probably the evil twin if I had to, <laughs> if I had to uh, pick. Yeah. So for uh, those for those not familiar with this though, it is um every day when you wake up, you have to fight your evil twin. He knows everything that you know, all the skills that you have, he has. What have you done in the past twenty four hours to give yourself the advantage? Yeah. That's, think, so it's it, it's pushing for continual self improvement. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that can even you can you could take this completely out of the context of what we're talking about here. I think that if you as an individual person, right, look at life that way, how am I improving myself day to day, you'll be better off for it, right? Um, Absolutely. And I think if you loosely frame it in the context of personal preparedness and self-defense, you will find uh, a whole new world of motivating factors to want to be better. And that's not saying you'll open your eyes and, and suddenly become <laughs> suddenly become more paranoid than you were or something. <laughs> it, but, but I mean, like when I, one of the things I started doing, um, again, after lockdown set in, right, we all kind of had to like reinvent how we spent our free time, you know, cause we couldn't yeah. go out and do anything. So, um, I bought a dry fire mag and I dry fired a bunch more, but then there's still more time in the day. Right. So spend some time with the wife, you know, um, watched like all of the Netflix comedy stand-up stuff just because <laughs> depre- I mean because depression's a real a real issue and I think that everyone should take the time to laugh. But the big thing for me is I started reading. Like I haven't seriously sat down and read any novels or anything since I was like 22, 23 it, towards the end of college. You know, and I'm going to be 33 this year. So I got in the a last recommendation for you. Well, I was going to say in the last 2 years I've read almost 50 books. Wow. And it 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 gives me that it, it, I don't know, it like motivates me. You know, like I read about James Mattis or I've read Matt Best's book. I read Dan Crenshaw's book, Fortitude. And it's like you have like I develop like this thirst for knowledge. And I read all the Jocko books on leadership, which then helped me at work. And I just in almost no time at all, you start you feel yourself getting better and like smarter and and just you f- your overall confidence like gets better and you start seeking out knowledge in other ways and other places you know um absolutely i think everyone should do it what what book are you or were you going to reference there oh yeah so this is this is on the more of an entertainment vein but um uh you're familiar with uh aaron callen from sage dynamics oh absolutely so many people know this because he doesn't put it out super like super hard advertising but he's actually a a novelist really yes and his his series of books has been absolutely phenomenal uh he he generally puts them out around the beginning of the new year so book six in the series just came out and i mean i I swear it's like i get in a book i read the whole like 600 page novel in like three days because i can't put it down 
And then I'm sitting around twiddling my thumbs for a year waiting for the next one to come out. That's then you know, and that's kind of how I, I worked my way through all the Jack Carr books. Um, waiting I'm, on the I'm fifth one to, to come out. Next. They're the one thing I can appreciate a lot about what Jack does, aside from just being a very, very good writer, is I mean, obviously a former Navy SEAL, right? Um, mm-hmm. He uses an incredible amount of detail when he talks about, you know, gear and and firearms and and things That's like exactly that. That's exactly how the, the Aaron Cowan books are and as it, well. And it, it it it's for people who don't know they you know you start like getting these questions like, oh, what is that? Like I know I've personally put the book down after I finish a chapter and like. Uh, what does this start Googling it, you know, but then he also, because he's done a lot of interviews on it, right? He, he talks about well, the character, you know, James Reese will use what I use. You know, he starts with the Glock 19, then he moves over to the SIG stuff. Cause that's what he likes. Yep. And that's what Jack carries in real life. And I mean, shameless, like fanboy moment here or shameful fanboy moment. I, I actually started <laughs> drinking my coffee with uh, milk and honey, just like his character does. Um, because I was like, well, I'll try it. And um, honestly, I've stopped buying creamer. We just we buy. Like, we go to, this shit slaps. This is really it's, good. It's, actually, it's on. It is because I don't. That, that's always my my problem uh, with coffee creamer is that it's like you know you want the idea of that flavor. You don't want to just be drinking sugar. Um, right. So, yeah, I tried it and I was like, this is I love this. So I'll go to Costco. We'll get like the giant container of like Michigan raw honey, which from you know a health standpoint, do, a lot of doctors say if you have locally sourced honey the antioxidants and stuff like that or whatever uh, i don't really know the correct terminology but locally sourced honey for anyone it's it's better for your body and your system and and things like that so yes. um you know natural sugars and stuff like that so I, I read those books and we tried that and uh both my wife and i phased out coffee creamer altogether. <laughs> which you know i mean uh, the small things you can do to get ahead um you know personal health is a big part of that as well so that's cutting out sugar um should also invest time in the gym, right? I know that's yes. a huge piece that it's not glamorous because, you know, a, as a fat guy that, that doesn't uh, look particularly great at the gym, um, no one wants to take a video of that and throw that up on Instagram. No one wants to see me just sitting there sweating on a treadmill for 20 minutes. But exactly. you, the, the you have fitness, to build those, you have to build that ability. Yes. And the personal fitness thing is something I've, I've neglected for a long time. And I started hitting it hard. Uh, a few months ago with just doing home gym workouts, mm-hmm. but, um, circling back to training, my, uh, my good buddy, Jared Arsenault, who runs and Jared, if you ever listen to this, and I, I butchered your last name. I'm sorry, be less Cajun, <laughs> but, uh, the owner of Orion training group, uh, a friend of mine, he's been helping me with some, uh, some at home workout stuff. And I mean, I, I'm skinny. I look fit when, uh, dressed but the the performance hasn't been there and that's something that i mean also with the concealed carry aspect um you know what if it gets hand-to-hand physical do you actually have the strength to fend that or get that person off of you and i i I don't and that's something that i've been i've been personally working on bettering myself with well, and, and and even past that, you know, it, I mean, that that's probably the most applicable and valid point is you need to be able to, if it comes down to fighting, struggling, and I'm not saying you need to be trained classically in like jujitsu or anything, but just having the strength to to resist somebody, right? And that's and and I, that's where women's combatives come come in, right? Just because by stature, um, most women are smaller than most men, and mm-hmm. 
that's why I think it's important that the women carry. But, um, you know, additionally, we talked about plate carriers earlier and it, and it's cool, right? Everyone yeah. loves the plate carriers. They look sexy as hell. You know, you want to run nods and you want to run a helmet with weights on it. And this, you want to have a, you know, a, a 14 and a half inch rifle with a peck and a LPVO and, and all this shit on it. Right. That's all heavy shit. And if you yeah. can't carry that for any more than 20 minutes, because either you never put the time in to train and understand what kind of physical demand that gear has, um, especially if you're one of these guys still running around with steel armor, you know, 25 pounds of shit just strapped yeah. to your body before you add ammo or anything. One, um, fix yourself. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Continue. <laughs> um, if you don't have the car, and that's, you don't have to be in, in super great shape. You don't even have to have the world's, you don't have to be a, a marathon runner but you should have enough cardio and enough upper body strength to support whatever load bearing kit you're going to reach for in the event that, that something happens, whether that's, Hey, I recognize that I can't do the plate carrier. So I'm going with the chest rig, or I want to be more mobile. So I'm going with the chest rig, or I have a plate carrier and you know, I mean, whatever your situation is, it, it really, in my mind, that was one of the big motivators for me two years ago when I decided I'm going to get my ass in the gym. Um, the one thing I will thank President Biden for, um, well, maybe it's President Trump. Whoever decided that we got, were getting those stimulus checks that we really didn't need, um, yeah. I parlayed mine into some like very lightweight level three plates from Ace Link. There you go. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think my plates right now weigh about seven pounds c- to get together. Like they're yes. super, super, super lightweight. Um, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I don't know that I'm ever going to need these, but I don't also know that I wasn't in a hurry to spend the money. So now that I have the money and I can still pay all my bills and stuff, here we go. I got a bump helmet. I got lightweight plates. And then with the last check that came around, I got a uh, Vortex Viper PST one to six, just like glass. I mean, you know, just an, an optic upgrade, you know, and, um, and I had before I had steel armor and I was like, you know, I know I need to get rid of this. It's on the list. It's on the list. And then that happened. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put it off anymore. I'm going to take care of it. It's something I shouldn't have. You know, I think that, I don't know. I honestly, I, and I know there's people that work at steel armor companies and own them and that's people's livelihood, but like, God damn, I just, I wish it wasn't a thing. You know? Yep. Yep. I'm with you. They prey um, on the weak minded. <laughs> like you said about, um, you know, if you actually have to move, carry that rifle, move any kind of considerable distance in your kit. Uh, I, I had a pretty big moment like that in the fall of 20. And, uh, at this point I had been smoking for about three years and, Ooh. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I played lacrosse, I was active, I was running all the time and in college I had kind of fallen out of doing that quite as much, but, um, I, I got linked up with a buddy that I'd been in Boy Scouts with back in the day and, uh, we ended up taking a trip up to New Hampshire to hike Mount Washington. And I was like, dude, I used to do like 20 mile backpacking trips with this guy, like all the time. We're just going to pick right up where we left off. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, and we're like a mile into this trip. My lungs are burning. I can't get air. Um, My legs feel like jello. And, well, that was that was at the point when I quit smoking. And uh, Okay, so things were at their worst, really, for like a recovery standpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, that was kind of the thing where it was like, and I, I had that thought while i was truck trekking up the up the mountain i'm like dude all i have in my bag is like three water bottles and a couple layers like this thing weighs like 10 pounds max if i had to do this with a ruck 
with armor oh, carrying a bone. rifle, yeah. I'd be in a really bad situation to be in. So we need to start taking some steps to improve my health here. So that's when I that's when I cut out the smoking. That's when uh you know I started focusing on eating a little bit healthier and being more active. And uh now I'm finally starting to see some some real improvement there where I can do things like that without feeling like I'm going to die. Yeah, I mean it's just I mean it's it's a healthier living lifestyle. And again, it doesn't mean you have to shed like seventy pounds and be, you know, completely jacked, but but make those decisions and 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 it, it's totally separate from like the whole two A discussion. Even like just just be healthier. You know, it's really. Yeah. I actually kind of look at it like like quitting smoking. You know, when I first got on, I I joined Weight Watchers. Um, <clears throat> when I got engaged, my you know my wife and I like oh we're gonna lose weight for the wedding whatever. Um, the first two weeks were like the hardest. You know, like we'd stop at the gas mm-hmm. station. I go to reach and like oh I'm gonna get some combos or whatever, and she'd stop me like nope you can't do it. And I, I remember very specifically it was like my the week or a week and a half in. And we got back in the car and I like freaked out and screamed and I was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to eat? You know, it's just like <laughs> one of those things you get irritable and it's, it's a lifestyle adjustment. It is. Yep. Um, but I feel like once you get past that two week mark, you know, which, and I've, I've not, I'm not a smoker. I've never smoked cigarettes. Um, but everything that my, my parents both did and everything that my dad has told me about it is it's about the same that two week, you know, yep. once you get past that, you start to not miss these things so much. Yeah, I started to appreciate that my clothes didn't always smell like cigarettes. My uh, well, yeah, or even you lose the weight, they start fitting better. You spend less money yep. on yeah, on that. And I mean, at at my worst, right? You know, I was working a desk job at a at a bank branch and stuff. Like I was almost 285 pounds, <laughs> and you know, sitting there, I, I you know, I was eating Oreos and mixed nuts, and I was drinking three and four cans of Mountain Dew a day and energy like unleaded energy drinks and stuff, and mm-hmm. it was it was pretty fucking unhealthy, you know, and, um, just cut out the sugar. That was the biggest thing. Like I, dude, I dropped 15 or 20 pounds in like three weeks just from going wow. to, you know, I'm going to, if I, the only pop I let myself drink, like I, I still needed that carbonation fix, you know, and the caffeine. So, uh, mm-hmm. or not the caffeine, but just like that, the carbonation, the bubbles, I couldn't just go cold Turkey. So the only diet pop I could find that I actually liked was like diet A and W root beer. <laughs> So okay. I, I would, I would do like at most two of those a day. If I could keep myself to one, I would, I forced myself to drink like two 32 ounce, like Nalgene's of water, um, mm-hmm. in place of that. Um, I cut out all the shit, you know, no more Oreos, gummy bears. Like I, I have a real problem, a real sweet tooth, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and then to just stop, you know, cut out the fast food, get, we started cooking yep. a lot of chicken and fish. Then once in a while you have some red meat, just, because you're treating yourself, whatever. I I was down to, I started at 285. The week of my wedding, when I was down, when I was in in Las Vegas, the lightest I got down to was like 235. That's and, an improvement. Yeah, yeah. That that was probably the I that was the the best I have ever felt in my life. And now I kind of hover around the 250 mark. So I I did give some of it back, but. I didn't give most of it back and I feel pretty okay about that. And, and, you know, you go to the gym, you build muscle. That's also a consideration, but you know, um, it just, it's, it, it, if you take the two way piece out of it entirely, you should want to be healthier. But since yes. that's what we're talking about, it's, it's immensely valuable. Yeah. Now quick question. Yeah. What the fuck is pop? 
Oh my god. Are we really going to do I'm this? Just, I'm just messing with you. I fucking knew it. <laughs> my brother says soda. I'm like, dude, what are you... Dude, you we spent our whole lives in southeast Michigan. Stop it. <laughs> like, like, you know what the fuck's... You, you know what to call it. Like, don't do that. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, what is pop? Jesus. That, well, that's almost as bad as people in the South that say, you know, I'll have a Coke, and then they ask you what you want. It's like, a Coke? Yeah. yeah. So circling back around to training, um, as far as the, the type of classes I've been doing, um, they've all been pretty much focused on tactics or things that, you know, they're related to shooting. I might be shooting while I'm doing them. Mm-hmm. But they're all things that... Um, I'm like, okay, I got, I got shooting down pretty all right. Um, what other components am I missing? So a lot of training with, uh, I kind of shouted them out earlier, but Orion Training Group, which yeah. is a, uh, it's a newer company. But uh, I've, they've, lots... come, they've come on quite a bit. I've seen a lot of their stuff online, and I know they're getting quite a bit of attention and doing a lot of good work. Um, I've talked extensively with I, I don't even know the dude's actual name it's snack pliskin is his uh handle on ig okay um, i think he's in the cincinnati kentucky area like awesome dude he he's answered so many questions for me he sent me like i had, I, w- I had done a couple of videos of like negotiating like a hallway or something when i had the day off work and he sent me like six videos like well here's what you were doing and here's what you should what you should do and why and like articulated it really well and he's one of the guys involved with that and i'm like this is outstanding information like and i think that a we we, we can always use more training companies right but as yes. long as they do a good job and i think that's the real denominator because there are plenty of guys out there that were Marines, uh, infantry, SEALs, Green Beret, whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. But as a musician, right, that's what I spent most of my, my 20s doing was uh, performing and then instructing, uh, marching music, stuff like that. Okay. Um, just because you're good at something personally does not mean that you will be a good teacher of whatever that something is, whether it's music or close quarters battle concepts or long distance shooting. Like I, I truly feel like the ability to articulate that kind of information to people like you or I, that and the, who will all learn something at a different way at a different level. That is what makes you a good instructor and a good influence on the community. Absolutely. You know? And I mean, there's a, there's a really good example of that where um, back in December, I took a, an Orion training group CQB class down in Myrtle Beach. And um, Jared, phenomenal teacher, uh, even from the first class that I was with, that I took with him. Um, I said, hey, man, like, I really have no idea what I'm doing. If I'm fucking up, tell me <laughs> and tell me how to fix it. The yeah. entire class, he never made me feel like I was, you know, stupid or like, hey, you should know. That's this. huge. He's. He knows how to teach civilians. That's huge. Now, some of his other <clears throat> instructors coming from various backgrounds, um, as an example, uh, Blake Flannery was the other instructor of that class. Now, Blake just retired in 2021 out of a career in Force Recon. Um, I love Blake to death. He's a great guy. I understand things better with Jared's teaching style, whereas Blake's experience has been teaching people from a military perspective and not that it's a bad thing because everybody learns differently. And I 
learned a lot from the input from both of them at the class. But having the ability to talk to people like everyday people is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, no, um, uh, and it's a, it's a skill. The, it really is. Yeah. A lot of the, the police and mill guys who were at the class, uh, I mean, they thought opposite of what I said is that like when Blake talked, even though he didn't give as much detail, it made sense to them because of their background. Personally, I learned better from Jared, although I, there was a lot that I still learned from Blake. I'm not saying by any means that he's a bad teacher. It's which one do I absorb more information with? Right. Right. So and that's, um, that's, that's a good distinction. And I think it's important to cover both, especially absolutely. if they're going to be teaching to both civilian and, you know, cause there, there's a lot of companies out there and, that they won't teach CQB tactics or, or skill sets or I, I want the book I just read on CQB acknowledged a lot, like learn the principles behind this and apply yes. those don't learn specific tactics, but they won't train civilians because a lot yeah. of these guys and I, and I get it the world we live in, right? Uh, liability being what it is. They're afraid of training the next school shooter um, <clears throat> again, which I get, but that doesn't neglect or negate the fact I'm sorry. It doesn't negate the fact that the rest of us, still need those kinds of skills and that kind of information, that kind of instruction. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of my favorite things about Jared's company or Ryan training group is that, you know, their whole thing is you're not Ellie or mill doesn't mean that you don't need to know these things, but you have uh, the right with a uh, well-regulated militia. Mm -hmm. Well-regulated means your own skills and abilities, your competency. So, in order for you to be well-regulated, that means well-trained, at least it's in the context of the time when the document was written. Exactly. Um, and also with their teaching styles, um, they teach the principle base. They won't teach a specific doctrine. Now, they'll pull things from all kinds of different doctrines. They'll be like, well, this is how this doctrine does this specific thing. And then here's how all these different doctrines also do it. You guys can kind of pick the one that works for you. Uh, two examples from that class being uh, we would split up and we'd work with Jared for a while and then we'd work with Blake and we'd be talking about something like flashbangs, for example. And Jared, coming from a SWAT background here in the States, they have certain SOPs that they have to follow with. I don't think I'm giving away any uh, any trade secrets here, but for liability purposes here in the States, you have to be able to see where the flashbang is going to land and detonate because it can set things on fire like carpet, sure. furniture, or other stuff. Um, and then we go over and work with Blake, who came from operating in mud huts in the Middle East. And he's like, yeah, whip that fucking flashbang in the room. Who cares? Yeah. You know, if I, if I need to, I'm going to beat a hole in your wall to shoot through. Because that's the, the different backgrounds that they come from. So it, it's really interesting being able to take those classes and get both perspectives. And as another another example of this in the class um so we were running in teams of four and we had uh, 16 people at the class total i believe 16 or 20 and the three guys i was rolling with for pretty much the whole time they were all from the same swat team with the department that was hosting us we're hosting jared um yeah hosting the class and this team had a lot of their own sops and specific things that they did um that they trained all the time and they were really good at even there were some things i didn't think were the most 
efficient or maybe the best way to do so. Well, who the fuck am I to, you know, critique you? I'm, I'm the college kid here and you guys are out, you know, I'm actually doing this. Yeah. Reaching the trailers in the trailer park to collect their weed. Like you guys are, you're out there doing the work. Who am I to critique? And they did it really well. So who cares? Um, But when rolling with these guys, I had, I would be like point man to stack in the number two. And I'd be like getting set up to do something according to one specific doctrine, but it wasn't the doctrine that these guys did X thing according to. So like there were a couple of times where like, I'd give the the muzzle muzzle wag, like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go open the gate. Let me in this room. And I would do the muzzle wag and they would just go. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm, I guess I'm last in the stack here. Now, after a couple runs, I, you know, I kind of figured out what they were doing, what they were going to do. Um, but there's when you go with one specific doctrine, it might not always be the best. So especially if you're looking for any kind of any kind of training at all, really, don't look for a specific doctrine. Look for principle based training. Exactly. Yeah. Learn learn the foundational skills and and the and the principles of how things like CQ and, and it, it could be as simple as the different ways that you're going to clear a room. Right. Like which corner you attack first or how you are attacking that corner um there's multiple ways to do it and it's in it's super situational um which makes teaching it somewhat of a challenge but at the same time it's it different preferences for different reasons i mean and it can be something as you know as minute of a detail as you know when you're in the stack muzzle up or muzzle down and why you know um my buddy sam spent six years as attack P he, he attended, uh, you know, he was at Darcy and got to go through the training and stuff there. And he goes, you know, just because those guys, a lot of them that were teaching when I was there, uh, were Rangers and Rangers like to drop a ton of dudes on the roof. So muzzles were always down. Um, but then yep. I know I saw videos from, uh, Sean Ryan at vigilance elite. And he said, we, we were always muzzle up and it just, yep. it's, it's what well, you do. And it's based off of different reasons. And for him, it was, Oh, well, you know, uh, or, you know, we're muzzled down because we're at the shoot house and uh, the instructors are There's up on the catwalk. overhead, yeah. Yeah, or so we, we we're always muzzled down. We're, we're on a ship and we don't want to put a hole through the hull. Yeah, it could be literally anything, you know, yeah, and, but and people, both have their virtue, you know. People will be so quick to say, like, okay, Sean Ryan specifically, he did a video on uh, how Navy SEALs room and I mean, I, I post up some content from the classes with Orion and I get people, oh, well, why would you go muzzle down? Sean Ryan says, and not to discredit Sean Ryan at all, but those people, um, they're so, hey, dude, this Navy SEAL said this. So this is absolute. And it's like, you go to class. Like, I'm far from yeah. perfect. I try to put out information that I know what I'm talking about. But uh, and, you know, what I'm executing in the uh, the content might not be perfect, like uh, the video that you saw recently on my page of me solo high or uh, doing a center check on a room and then plugging mm-hmm. in. Like, yeah, there were things in there that I did not do perfectly. And of course, everybody on the Internet's a, a keyboard warrior and they're going to point that out. And it's like, I hate that shit. I hate that I, shit I do, so too. much. It's like if you have something constructive to share. Here, here's my my take on it, and this is if you have something constructive to share, like truly constructive, and you want to help, like shoot the guy a DM, do it in private, yep. 
Yeah, um, and I did have a, a number of people do that, and I was really fortunate that uh, uh, Slade the Raider, uh, Slade yeah, from Colt, Colton, yeah, from uh, GVF now yep. SC regulars. Yep. By the way, I'm going to plant the seed in everyone's brain. I really think, I really think Slade's logo for SC regulars is a ripoff of Scooby Doo's dog collar. Oh you God. can't change my mind. You can't change my mind. I, I say that jokingly, but look at it and tell me there's not some striking similarities. No, I definitely, it definitely it definitely does. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, Slade Slade hopped into the comments and we had a really interesting conversation in there between uh, Slade and uh, Jared with Orion of talking about um, center checks and why you know Slade's specific team in DevGrew didn't do center checks because it didn't work for them specifically. Now that doesn't mean that a certain technique is, you know, automatically null and void because it didn't work for one guy. And that's right. what I hate about the absolutism where somebody will watch a YouTube video of somebody doing something this way. And they say, this is the best. Is it the best or is it the best for them, their team and their specific use scenario? Right. I mean, have a conversation from a, a, a point of, of education for one Try and keep an open mind and understand that everyone else, everyone's had different experiences. And and again, yeah, it, no absolutes, right? Everyone's experience yep. may be different. Um, honestly, with the whole social media thing, like the two two things that just absolutely I cannot stand about it is, like all of guys just like try to. And I I do a lot of dry fire, you know, um, mm-hmm. big on trying to save money and and ammo until things come back down and stuff. Um, and I'll get guys that are just like, oh, yeah, no, you don't, you have no idea what you're doing, or you should, I, I had one guy tell me I should change the name of my page, because uh, mindset has nothing to do with shooting. Um, <laughs> stuff, you know, just guys, like, they're just, like, absolutely and overtly critical for no reason other than they want to just, like, start shit online. Um, so, I mean, if for all the good that comes to this community, it's, like, it's almost like you have nine great guys saying nine great things, and it just takes one a-hole uh to to ruin it by just by telling you what you're wrong and it's simply because it's not what they do or not what they think or absolutely and i mean as an example of this i got a a friend of a friend i've been training with on occasion uh not gonna throw his name out there or where he works as a trainer uh he likes to stay a little bit off the grid um he does some training for some government entities uh but the guy may uh arsoc background in the marine corps and uh i was working on some vehicle stuff with him and i posted up a a video on my page over the summer and uh you know it's pull up in the clapped out forerunner or engage from the driver's seat move to the rear of the vehicle i got people hopping in my comments like oh well why didn't you why didn't you close the door why'd you leave it open because this video said this or because this and it's like it, it's so it's so tiring it's subjective you know what i mean and and guys teach different things for different reasons you know like you were just saying what works for your domestically based swat team is obviously not going to be the same experience that you know someone like slade or those guys experienced uh deployed overseas where the architecture is different the, the common raw materials are different 
Uh, yep. I mean, the way of life. So who's going to be active at what hours of the day and night is different. I mean, it's it's all subjective. Yeah, and, I and can't... even even like you said, with the guys serving overseas and the structures being different. I mean, think about how thick a residential wall is in your house. What it's probably eight inches, maybe with some insulation, some two by fours, eight inches, if that, probably closer mm-hmm. to four or five. Uh, over there with the the houses constructed of mud and earth materials, I mean, you can have walls that are significantly thicker. So that's really going to change how you negotiate that doorway to check the to check the corners. Absolutely. And if you listen to specifically what a Green Beret has to say, well, for your area that you're operating in, uh, a technique being taught by and used by SWAT guys here domestically might be more applicable than what these guys are doing on the other side of the world. Yeah. And, I, and, and that it just it comes back to the point, right? Learn principles, because then yeah. you can you can you give yourself again, like we were saying earlier, you give yourself more options. You have more. Yeah, I, uh, I want to learn everything. Yeah. One more tool in the toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what it is. If you're willing to teach me, I'm, you know, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, be a sponge, absorb, you know, and and, and then make the the decision yourself, you know, what works best for you and what you want to do and, you know, where your proficiencies lie and things like that. Don't, this is, and that was the the second thing I was going to say like that. You can't stand about social media is just that the overall just like the overall negative energy that people yes. want to put out there and like and shoot people down and like uh or like i get the comment a lot um and like, like bro you need to lose weight i'm like yeah dude no shit but yeah, i'm working <laughs> on it it's not an overnight process thank you but, i but mean you, just, you, you felt the need to hop in my comments and fat shame me but, yeah that actually happens to me a lot it's actually funny now for me i see it i'm like again like god yeah, damn it I, I always get the, you know, civilian plate carrier. Why do you, why do you need all this stuff? And it's, it's tight. I mean, I'm at the point now where like, okay, so Tony Calvin, we all know there's some like, just some bad, bad vibes coming from him historically on Instagram. Yeah. There's a little stuff there. Yeah. So I've actually, I've had the pleasure of talking to him quite a bit recently. And I have, um, in just about a month, I have a private class with him down at his place in north carolina oh you better and um oh yeah actually uh two private classes because he offered to coach me in some long range after the class for free i'm like this motherfucker is genuinely nice he is a nice guy i like scrolling through instagram and reading the comments and everything i was i used to think he was a major asshole and i'm like this dude is no, I think nice. it's just what social media does to people. <laughs> and and that, that was the realization I got to, because now if you hop in my my comments with with negativity, with insults and shit, dude, I will not hesitate to straight up block you. Like, I'm not here on social media for, you know, for you to nitpick everything that I'm doing. And if you have constructive criticism, I'm more than open to it. Yep. I've had uh, some really good conversations with a guy who did some time in 10th group. 10th special forces group he saw some stuff that i was doing and he privately sent me a message and he's like hey you know i see you doing this and i think maybe we can work on making that a little bit better i'm like dude thank you that is incredibly helpful that's been my experience as well for someone to hop into my comments and be like you're a fucking idiot you have no idea what you're doing it's like bro go pound sand yeah like thanks for stopping by (laughs) if you don't have something helpful to say and i don't got time for it yeah just fucking don't you know, like yeah. move on. Didn't your mama ever teach you? You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say shit at all. 
you know, like it, as I, I wonder about people. I kind of get myself into some trouble with uh, once in a while on Instagram if I'm it's in so kind easy. of a salty mood or something. I'll I'll say some shit like, you know, why don't you go ask your mom or do some dumb shit like that? And then I I kind of like sit back like 20 minutes later. I was like, I should. Why did you even bother giving him the time of the day? Oh, dude, that shit. And then, yeah. And then taking it to that level, I'm like, man, that's. It, it's, it's not needed. All I'm doing is. Just making it no, worse. Say, it's just I'll, it's just I'll, a I'll waste of time and ruining your own day, really. Like my buddies, like. Uh, uh, well, that's one thing. Uh, Overboard systems. I don't know yeah. if you've seen any of his stuff popping up. Didn't they but, just uh, develop that riser for aim points? Yes. Yeah. The the aim point one has been out for a little while now. They have a few departments and whatnot running those. And then uh, I also. Uh, he lives about two hours from me and we met up for the sportsman show over the weekend. I was telling you about, he was one of the guys I met up with and he just hooked me up with a prototype for their new EOTech riser, which oh. if, if my, um, yeah, I'll send you pictures of it when we're done. I was here. just going to ask you, can you send me a picture that looks like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, um, my Instagram just got nuked today. So I was going to say, you know, I'll, I'll have some pictures coming up of it soon, but you know, we'll see. By lunch tomorrow, my review time should be should be over. So if you can't find student underscore operator on Instagram at the time that time that this podcast comes out, look for student underscore operator underscore V2. Because I ain't go. going away. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, super, super cool riser, super cool dude. But um, I forget where we're going with that. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I don't know. Maybe that's just a good point to stop then. I mean, it's uh, it, yep, that yeah, that's fine by me. I think we we hit on a lot of stuff, you know. Um, we're gonna have to do this again though, because uh, this I, was pretty. I, this is pretty solid. Once again, uh, so yeah. you know, cl- closing remarks here. I mean, uh, socials stuff. Uh, the student operator. I also have a YouTube channel, student operator. And uh, another thing, if you guys happen to be on the East Coast anywhere. Uh, I do a charity shoot to raise money for the Green Beret Foundation. Yeah, we, we talked about that earlier, of, yeah. Yeah, we have a, a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipe. Um, the, the whole event is uh, all to raise money for the Green Beret Foundation. Last year, in 2021, we raised over $6,000 for the charity. Um, That's awesome. This, this year, I have a $15,000 goal. Um, just to kind of give you guys a tease, I haven't really put anything up on the uh, the event page yet. But we have a lot of stuff going on. Blake Flannery is going to be teaching an all-day rifle and pistol class. Uh, then the rest of the classes are going to kind of be set up so that you could take one class that you would like to in the morning and you know, one class in the afternoon. Um, and each instructor is going to be teaching the same thing in the morning and the afternoon. So the current lineup of instructors for that is um, Tony Cowden is teaching a pistol class morning and afternoon. Uh, my Marsoc buddy is going to be teaching teaching combatives pistol, so retention shooting morning. Oh, that's day. awesome! That'll be a good Jared, one. Jared, the owner of Orion Training Group, will bring up a uh, uh, mock shoot house, and he's going to be running solo CQB for home defense morning and afternoon. Uh, the tenth group guy that I referred to earlier, he's going to be doing um, kind of some basics of survival stuff for all of you guys who were never Boy Scouts, how to start a fire build a shelter, purify water, all that kind of stuff, morning and afternoon. And the last one that's confirmed currently is um, 
Mike Shaw, Ink Monster on Instagram. He's a uh, local officer in Pennsylvania. He's going to be doing a uh, combat range fitness class morning and afternoon. And then some other things that I'm working on spinning up. Kind of the last thing that I really want to get covered for this event is I'm trying to arrange to have stop stop the bleed classes morning that, and afternoon. There you go. That'll that dude. That's a, a ton. Uh, is there yeah. a, a website that that we can go to 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 get more information on all that? There's no website currently. That's an avenue that I'm exploring. However, okay. that costs money, and um, I'm Fair trying enough. to find the best way to do it free. One of the things about this event is every fucking cent that we collect through the event goes directly to charity. All the costs. That's that's, of, that's awesome. That's next all level, the man. Of running this comes out of my pocket. If you guys come, the event patches, I paid for those. The bottled water you're drinking throughout the day came out of my pocket. The targets you're shooting, I bought. Um, all the Damn, instructors man. that are there, even some traveling across the country, are doing so on their own dime for a cause that they believe in. What's so the um, uh, What's the name for the Instagram page? So it's GBF, as in Green Beret Foundation, underscore range, underscore day. Uh, the event is this year going to be Saturday, October 22nd of 2022. Yeah, it costs you uh, 110 to get in the door. Um, 100 of that goes to the Green Beret Foundation. Uh, the other 10 goes to the range as a range entrance fee to help them with insurance liability and, sure. uh, you know, repairing the range facility. That's making it all happen. That, yeah, that, that's the same fee that uh, we pay to shoot local matches there. Um, that's awesome that's, that's and a hundred dollars is like nothing for what kind of, for that's your been my whole goal i mean you can come get a phenomenal day's worth of training for like nothing compared to what a full day class is going to cost you and even if you're not getting a ton like you're not getting like a two three day class but you're getting enough information that it's of value to you and the other thing that we do is uh I've had a whole bunch of amazing companies within the community come together to put together some raffles for the event. So you can buy raffle tickets for specific items. Some of our sponsors from last year, a few of these are confirmed again for this year, but I'm just going to throw a few names off of last year's list up. We got uh, CGS suppressors, CGS group suppressors, Criterion barrels, Cloud Offensive, Edgar Sherman Designs, STAC, uh, HRT Tactical Gear, YMI Tactical Gear, um, Wow. Man, blank, uh, soil eater. Um, there, there was a lot. That is a lot. List of all of our that's, sponsors. I that's amazing. Half of them. That's amazing, I, dude. Criterion Barrels, they, uh, winner of that raffle got to pick their barrel of choice for free from Criterion. Like, that's huge. That, yeah, that and, and the, the suppressor companies. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's a really cool example of the community, right? The industry coming together for good causes and stuff, but, I mean, yeah, shit, yeah, that's a, a really, that's an awesome opportunity again for the 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 hundred dollars, and yeah, like you said, exactly. goes to an absolutely outstanding effort like the Green Beret Foundation. Um, yeah, and it's definitely something people should check out. You know, if you can't afford to the ammo to come to like a typical range day, I mean, that was another thing that I was trying to do this year was to have options that were non non-shooting so you can come and take a medical class solo cqb a uh, little bit of like survival kind of stuff so that you can man if, if you're if you're strapped for cash and you can't come blast all day 
you can do that. Still come learn, do other stuff, yeah. Yeah, and if and it's all supporting shooting, uh, shooting skills know. and a prepared mindset. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, similarly, if you want to come there and blast cats all day, again. So it's uh it's a really cool event. I'm I'm glad to see it's it's finally gaining some real traction. Um, I'm gonna start posting some stuff up about this year's event here soon. I just want to make sure that I get all of my ducks in a row before we do that. And I, I'm cautiously optimistic to announce some of this stuff, but I'm working on some really big stuff for 2023 and some really big names in the industry. And we're all just trying to make times and dates work because for a lot of these really big name trainers, it's, it's kind of hard to always make sure it's always gonna. Yeah. Yeah. They they plan out their entire year at the beginning of the year and availability is just a premium. Yeah, so, so some guys I've been talking to that have definitely expressed interest. Um, Raul Martinez, formerly of Fieldcraft Survivor. Rogue Raul, Methods, yep. Yeah, Rogue Methods. Um, he's expressed interest. Uh, John Dufresne, Kinetic Consulting and also an adjunct yep. instructor for Sage Dynamics. He's expressed some serious interest. He was going to be there this year, but um, unfortunately had to uh, or had something else come up last minute. Um uh drew estel fair solutions has expressed interest and um this is this is gonna be the big one and you know we'll we'll see if this works out while he's still active but uh grantham might be an instructor in some upcoming years there you go that'd be a big draw just off of his uh following as well as obviously just a a dude who knows a lot of good stuff yeah and i kind of hate to um it's important to get the big name instructors in because they're going to draw the people, which the more people that we have, the more money that we can ultimately raise for good cause. But I still have no interest in pimping out. Dude, Grantham's <laughs> going to be at the event. Wow. Come be Grantham. Like, I don't want it to be that. But at the same time, I know that having a name like Grantham is good for the effort. Cowden, it's good for the effort. And it yeah. gets people there, which is what's important. All it means is that I'm going to have to spend more money on targets and more money on event patches. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, it's it's going to make more money for the the foundation, and that's that's, that's what's the important. big goal there. That's, yeah, that's the goal. I don't really care about you know. Uh, I was I was talking to a certain company that I'm not going to name um, about being a sponsor for this year, and uh, they didn't really seem interested unless it was going to be a big social media push for the company. Mm-hmm. And like, I can kind of understand it from a from a business perspective. But they asked me if I, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to obviously be posting stuff up about the event. But if you're asking if this is basically going to be like a big time advertising event for your company, like, a networking sorry, but event, no, it's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah that's not the point. Higher range day. This is the entire reason that we're here is, is to raise to money for a great cause. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're getting good training out of it. We're making connections with other people. Um, but the entire reason that we are here is to support such an amazing cause that does so much to help dudes who have given so much of their lives for this country. Yeah. And that's, that should be the focus, not, not making more money, not growing your business. There's, there's, there's there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other avenues for that. You know, shot show, obviously blade show. uh, You can sponsor your own range days and competition events if that's really where you're at. And if you can't afford to do it, there's no shame in that either, but you know, just understand that the, that's not what you're there for yeah exactly and that's uh but i mean if this sounds like something that's up anybody listening who's listening's alley i mean uh 
by all means, I'd love to have you guys out to the event. Um, hopefully you can get in. I have a, I have a feeling that this year the demand for spots is going to exceed the um, capacity in which we are able to have instructors to cover everything for. It's a so, good uh, problem to have. It, it really is, and I'm, I'm already looking at ways to expand the event in future years. There's a new range here in Pennsylvania out by Pittsburgh, uh, Ben Franklin Range, I believe it's called, and that will be a massive training compound, and they've expressed some interest in potentially hosting our event. We still have to talk more about that, but at that point, we would have a big enough facility because, I mean, at this facility that we're at, uh, we're gonna we're gonna cap out probably around 150 people max this year. So far, we have instructors enough to cover up to 100 people. Um, last year, so first year I did this was 2020, and 10 people showed up, which kind of busted my my bubble because I put a lot of work into it. Mm -hmm. It was like there were two dudes who showed up that I didn't already have their phone number and considered them a friend. Damn. But then 2021 it exploded, and we saw over 600% growth. And 600% increase in funds raised. And it was kind of that moment where it's like, this is going somewhere. Yeah. So well, we that's good to see for this down the road. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something I definitely hope to continue doing for as long as I can continue doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll be in touch and, uh, I definitely want to try and get you back on the pod either right before or more than likely probably right after. Cause I know how planning events goes and, see how it went yes. and the turnout and and catch up on all that i definitely i definitely will be very interested and excited to, to hear how it all goes you know you should also come on out if i can if i can make it happen yeah there's if you, if you, if you can afford to make a trip out to pa i can uh i'd love yeah. to have you out there absolutely man listen brother uh we're at about 90 minutes um so uh hey it, it's been amazing and I didn't even know that you were really involved to this level with the fundraiser. It was great hearing about that. And uh, there's still stuff that I know we can talk about that we didn't get a chance to hit on. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but, I, I had a great time as well. This was a thank you for making my first time pleasurable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I was excited to be able to get you on. And uh, hopefully your, your, uh, your appeal process goes well. And uh We'll just we'll get to see more good stuff from you in the future, and yeah. uh, we'll definitely be in touch, man. Yeah, no, I, I do have one last question for you before we yeah. cut this off. Yeah, go for I'm it. Because I'm curious, what made you want to have me on the podcast? Um, because of what your content base is around, specifically around the fact that you're a uh, like-minded individual who has uh taking the time to not only shoot a lot but to learn a lot um from not only uh you know the 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 go fast cool guy stuff but you know um to develop yourself and better yourself uh in a way that's relatable for the rest of us that haven't served in the military because i'm not a vet i'm not law enforcement you know mm -hmm. um you know so i i'm interested i was interested to hear you know your story what pushed you to, to pursue these things because um, I think that it's important people hear, you know, hey, you, you don't have to be some independently wealthy guy or uh, some kind of crazy entrepreneur that that started a holster company to to <laughs> learn these kinds of things, you know. So uh, I, I try to reach out to people uh, like yourself that that are very relatable and uh, very successful at what they do. So 
Well, I appreciate that because I'm not going to lie. When when you first sent me that message to invite me to be on your podcast, I'm sitting here scratching my head. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> like I'm just a dude, man. No, man, I'm it's all about special. building connections and and having good conversations, brother. Well, I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate the opportunity. I look forward to hopefully being on some more future episodes of your podcast. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you again, and uh, and stay safe. All right. You do the same, man. Take care. All right. Take care. Well, there you have it, everybody. That was my conversation with Dylan Ruth, the student operator. Uh, Super cool guy. I was uh, very, very uh, excited to have the opportunity to sit down and talk with him about his work with you know, the Green Beret Foundation, the, uh, the, the fundraiser and the work that he does there and, and hear about, you know, how he got involved in, in this shared passion that so many of us, uh, so many of us have, uh, I look forward to having him on in the future talking about, uh, how his fundraiser went, uh, the, the training, uh, that he's been doing and, and the experiences that he's had as a, as a well-prepared and well-rounded citizen. Um, if you guys don't follow him on Instagram, you, you really should, uh, student underscore operator. Uh, he shares a lot of really good content and a lot of good information, both his successes and his failures. And I think that that's something that's getting harder and harder to find today. Uh, and, and check him out on YouTube as well, since, uh, you know, he's currently up for appeal on his, uh, his banning or shadow banning or whatever the hell you call it now for social media on Instagram. Um, but definitely check him out and, uh, you know, if, if his account doesn't make it up, it'll be student uh, underscore operator underscore V2. So he'll be back uh, spreading all kinds of good information and, and helping us all out get a little bit better at, uh, at this, this hobby, this, this, this passion, the shared interest that we all have. Uh, so I do. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, there's lots of stuff going on out there in the world, uh, all kinds of things happening that we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks here. So, you know, stay tuned for, for more, possibly even another sit rep a lot sooner than I had, uh, had planned on doing another one of those. Uh, so like I said, stay tuned. Hope you guys enjoyed it until next time though, you get out there, work hard, train smarter. And like we always say here, be prepared. Be prepared.